0: You say, we don't
1: know, we say, we don't know, we say... Trek this out! How are we doing, Zora? Were you able to decode the molecule?
0: I believe so. I assigned a letter to each of the individual hydrocarbons and then placed them in the order designated by the lights. The resulting pattern seems to represent a series of mathematical equations.
1: Of course. You say that like it's obvious. Take a look at this arrangement. Three of hydrocarbon A, one B, then one A. Four A's, one B, three A's. Here we have four A's, one B, two A's. That's the pattern. The first group of A's is always larger than the next, indicating that the B compound in the middle means greater than. Now there are other patterns as well. Mr. Saru? Uh, simply put, uh, they are trying to teach us a bridge language, such as Linkos. Exactly. Linkos? A language based on math. The 21st century Earth organization, Medi, predicted that it would be helpful in extraplanetary communication. The Tensi must think that their language is too complicated for us to understand, so they're using this simpler one. They're reaching back. From here, we can build all sorts of communication, if-then statements, complex logic.
2: We need to show them that we understand. Can we send an equation of our own?
1: If Sora gives me access to the ship's replicator, I can build a molecule and beam it directly onto the orb. Then she'd just need to show them the map of light so they can read it. I'd be happy to assist, Doctor. Great, get to work, both of you. Hello, and welcome to Check This Out podcast. I'm your host, Suki, and joining us today is Lindsay and Andrea. And we are going to be discussing Star Trek: Discovery, season four, episode twelve, species ten C, or as we like to call it on this uh, on this show, ten CC. I'm right, not so- in love. <laughs> Can we talk about the
0: fact that it's ten T E N CC? And I was like, that's not how I saw it in my head. Oh, that no,
2: that, um, that totally threw me. To be honest, I was like, what?
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a bit right. I'm going to. Uh, we haven't got no news for this episode, so we're going to get straight into what our initial thoughts were. So I'm going to go with Lindsay this time.
0: Um, I think it was interesting. I think I am sad that it's the second last episode. I think there are some good points in it though.
1: Okay, Andrea.
2: Um. Well, I think this episode's got a tough gig um, because in a completely spoiler-free review of that other Star Trek show that's gone out this week, um, which I'm really, 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 really loving, um, I feel like it, it's a bit of a tough gig, really, because it's gone against my like kind of optimum Star Trek, so I've tried really hard to be fair, um, and, and I think there are some, some good things in there, and I think, like, first contact stories, you know, they've been done before, but they tend to be pretty glossed over. They're a humanoid species. They like give them some kind of gift. It backfires. They find some cultural common ground and, and jobs are good. Um, whereas this is first contact, which is much more likely with a, a a creature that looks nothing like us, that functions nothing like us, and communicates nothing like us. And that universal translator thing is like about as much use as a chocolate teapot um so i think it explored some quite interesting star trek themes um so I, I think there's definitely some positive there i don't know if it felt like a penultimate sort of as you're getting towards the end of the season thing i wish this had happened a little bit earlier and then there was something there was there was a twist to that um But I I think as an episode of Star Trek, I think there were some things I liked um, and I think I like it a lot better than I did last week. So I I think there's some good stuff there. Um, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be more optimistic. I'm trying to be more positive because I I feel like I was a little bit mean last week.
1: (laughs) OK, my thoughts. This is a a lot better episode than has been for most of this season, and I'm not sure why I thought he was like Maybe it's because there was a lot more interaction between all the characters. Uh, there's not that much action in there as much. Uh, the, the fact, um, the things that were happening, our talk, uh, book and ship was interesting instead of them just bickering all the while. Uh, so the whole translation, uh, communicating with 10cc was Great, the way they slowly built up on doing one thing and then uh, then moving on a step and then moving on a step, move until they were actually communicating, it was great. And I do I do think there is a bit of a twist at the end. I mean, it's sort of not exactly a major twist, and we did know that Tarka was going to somehow be. The bad guy of the season, in that he was going to double cross book. I always thought he was going to double cross book and carry go with the uh, the show, uh, take uh, do whatever he wanted to do. So I think that twist, what even though it's been signposted for ages, did happen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, that's why I quite enjoyed it, Linds.
0: I'm gonna register an official complaint that neither
1: of you have remembered what initial thoughts means. <laughs> yes. I know, but, you know, Andrea went on to her uh, for about two, three minutes. I thought i have going to better that as well. So I just want to. But no, I just saying like I'm at your waves, which. Yeah, well, it is whatever this episode. <laughs> I, I have thoughts. Let's go. Consider... OK, let's go into your thoughts. Go into your thoughts, Zimbabh. <laughs> go into your thoughts. I didn't mean to. Uh, no, go ahead, Andrea. You had,
0: you had something to add to that.
2: I just feel I feel bad right because I feel like I've been been properly in discovery lately and I was just I was trying to like I was trying to put myself into that positive frame of mind to say positive things so.
0: I do get that I totally get that I'm only only gently chiding Um, but Suki started talking about plot points and everything and I'm like oh come on. Go on on.
1: Leeds go on Leeds. No 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 I think
0: you're right I think I, I agree I think there are two really clear plots this week and I think that helps I think all of our characters had something to do which seems to have been a bit of a rarity recently and um, so I think I think you're right I think the stuff about the translation yeah there's a bit of hand wavy science-y, hand wavy stuff because there has to be because it's science fiction and you know and set so far in the future um, I think that's really nicely done and um, I agree that 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 struggle to communicate making it much more complicated I think is really well which is why I again like I wish this had been three or four episodes ago like I wish that there had just been more space for this to happen because um, realistically we know they're probably not going to wipe out Earth and the VAR in the end but we've only got one episode for that to happen so that all feels nearly and again particularly with book I was like ah, oh, book like this has been coming for so long it was like the biggest build-up to what like the, that conversation needed to happen ages ago anyway Andrea so
2: i kind of felt like there was particularly that, that kind of aspect of the plot had a bit of a motion picture feel to it in the sense of approaching some of that is completely alien that looks completely different that like we don't know how we're going to communicate with this and um, even back to that idea if you look at what was printed on voyager um there's maths on there that's like a, that's an actual thing um and it trying to kind of make sense of things through that and 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 it did have that kind of that big kind of big epic alien encounter type feel to it which i thought was quite good i think it's different and and yeah it's not located in the series where i think maybe it should have been but at least we've got that kind of epic i know motion picture isn't everyone's cup of tea um but i think this did it in a slightly less boring way than motion picture i know i say mean things about motion picture but i I mean them (laughs)
0: I think there are two points there. I think one I've seen a lot of chat about Arrival, which is a film I've never seen, but I can but I can see why people have referenced it. And so, well, it, it's it's done really well. There are lots of kind of visual cues apart from anything, like you know that that huge field and the thing. Um, and the other thing is right. So so this is this is one of my. I, I thought they made quite a lot of sensible decisions about who went and did what at various stages. I thought that was quite well considered. Um, I would have left Saru on discovery because so there was somebody in command, because again, they have two captains and they regularly leave the ship together um, and taken the other linguist with them. But obviously we needed Saru to be there because he was Saru and it was excellent. So I'm not really bothered by that. But why would you, if you think that mathematics is a really important part of the communication, why would you not take a scientist or a mathematician with you? <laughs> <laughs> it just—it just strikes me that you know, like you know, somebody like Davitts who has like all of these things at their fingertips would have been really useful, Andrea.
2: Because in the future, everyone's fucking boss at maths. And
0: clearly, clearly, and it's because chemistry. chemistry. <laughs> That's what it is. I taught well,
1: all of that crew maths in the future. Well, the thing was, you—you you, when the Burnham was on the, um, that the the orb, the replica bridge, she's there, understanding all sorts of things, and it's uh, just. She she knew what the 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 number was for isolanium, or and she she knew exactly what the components were for uh, air and stuff like that. And I was just thinking, that's incredible. And, okay, and, I could go. told you know what air made. I don't know. No, she went into like zero point four percent and zero point uh, nine nine eight, and she she knew the exact configuration of it. I'm thinking, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have known that. I I,
0: I might not have got it to do it to, to do it to two decimal places, but it has been about 15 years since I did anything that was really very scientific. Um, I think one of the things I did love about this episode is that there was at least one, like I thought the broader crew, some of those peripheral cast members got actual payoff this episode. Like, you know, they were in, they were on the bridge on their own in charge and being fairly sensible. Um, they, and that moment where they brought that breadth of experience in to discuss the language question, Burnham facilitated the answer, but she wasn't the one who plucked it out of thin air, which is what always seems to happen in Discovery. So I really appreciated that there was a bit of space for that to be more of a a leadership thing as opposed to a
1: knowledge and insight thing. Oh, you mean getting, getting the crew members together, Detmer... Yeah, uh, so when
0: the crew all comes together and they have that conversation, she doesn't suddenly go, oh, the lights are a key, like a key to this and we just need to do X, Y and Z. Like she facilitates that happening, but she isn't the one who goes, well, clearly this is the thing. Andrea so
2: i think you know they did kind of bring more people down and they used that shuttle bay and um, there was lots of red lighting again i don't know if like alex kurtzman just got a massive like good deal on red lighting because I, i've seen that elsewhere um recently um i won't go into any spoilers just in case you haven't seen the other thing um but i do think there were some good shots there and um, there was some quite kind of lingering shots and again it was, that, it was that that motion picture feel to it that bigness um kind of look and out over that kind of way out of the shuttle bay and i i I did visually quite like that um we've not seen a lot of that um it wasn't the big mega budget like spend like that we were kind of expecting but i think what they did with that scene they did well um so
1: i i I quite liked it i quite liked it for that yeah well you the mega budget spend you know they've saved a lot of money by just replicating the bridge, just to make sure that the crew felt familiar when they landed or when it went into the orb. Uh, so yeah so there's some money saved there go on linds
0: i literally wrote down the so like there's quite like a water effect like the barrier is a very much like a water effect
1: um, when things are coming that's what it me of the abyss
0: um and i was like is Water Effect really expensive these days? Like, because again, I was looking for where this money goes. I think we're going to have to come to the conclusion that it all went on cast um, or or just on COVID expenditure, which is also possible because, like, doing everything in COVID times is more expensive. Um, I think there's a really interesting quote from maybe John Delancey somewhere talking about how much he was aware they must have had to spend to make the production of Picard COVID secure. Like, he's obviously just aware of, like, how much effort has gone into making these things work. So it's possible that that's just eaten into the budget. And that's why the effects have been a bit dodged this year. I anyway, know. Either that or they're going to blow it all in the last episode.
1: But Who knows? Picard, yeah, Picard has two elderly actors in there, three, if you could, and Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> so they, they probably did need to protect him more than they need to pick the slightly younger crew on Discovery. I think Doug Jones is about the oldest one there.
0: But you don't know that there isn't underlying health conditions. and I think that's it like you can't you can't know and it's about transmission on a broader level isn't it anyway Andrea
2: so I think one of my other little favorite things I think the grudge sighting was I was like oh a grudge sighting it was was just like minding a business lying on the bed um but it was just that sort of flouncing off in disgust as people were making noise which is super super cat behavior I was like yeah that's quite a nice like little touch um
0: Um, I kind of love the fact that primal scream therapy (laughs) appears to have become a thing (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> <laughs> i was like screaming into the abyss is like a thing and we talk about metaphorical sc- screaming into the abyss. like I, I think twitter is pretty much like that you know you open the little twitter door and you just like scream at the top of your voice <laughs> nothing really happens most of the time but you know you've done it and sometimes it feels good um, i've got to be honest uh, so
2: can i just make sure that you don't edit in any um screaming noises to to frighten some of our listeners?
1: Um, oh, one mistake I'm never gonna forget about it. One, <laughs> one mistake. Poor <Four> laxant <laughs> sounds.
2: However, if I could scream like Saru I think I would scream like Saru all of the time. Like that was that is a good noise. Like I think like that would be I would trot that out at work all the time because I think like whatever was going on would just cease.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> if we're, if we're,
1: <laughs> i just i if i did if i went around screaming my head up people would come running they just uh, what would happen in your workplace that did exactly the same they'd come running i don't want the attention i just i just, I just they're
0: I just, obviously don't. in her private quarters which are clearly soundproofed for yeah. reasons um i think
2: i've got to be honest if i was sharing quarters with book i would get them soundproofed as well that would actually happen <laughs>
0: oh dear. sorry that was
2: just me habitual torn lore in there i'll just go back under my rock now
0: it's it's allowed i think in <laughs> circumstances um what what made it for me because i think it could have been a really cringy scene but the fact that they ended up laughing i think is what made it for me because it is it's about that breaking of the tension of the just doing something so ridiculous that it mm. is a release but also it just takes you out of that kind of really intense space so I I appreciated that. Um, I also think there was a really lovely moment um, between them when Saru's like oh he's like this is not really the moment to have this moment about my love life but can I just say what is going on (laughs) and she's like welcome to the world of Vulcans who are hyper logical in public and particularly under stress." and I thought that was quite nicely done because actually it's so true that like Vulcans and high pressure public situations do seem to become quite rigidly like this is the logical
1: approach. Whereas quite often when
0: you get them in those one on one conversations, they're much more reasonable.
1: Okay. But that, that's a, the thing about having Michael Burnham there as a conduit between the, the Vulcan society. And, uh, well, whatever society is within Federation, she understands both uh, both. Uh, cultures basically so she could then interpret how uh tarina is actually uh, what she's doing in public rather than trying to uh, uh help him with his personal life go on,
2: i think from michael's point of view as well she's been a sort of emotional non-logical non Vulcan, having sort of motion-driven relationships with Vulcans so it has that really good roadmap of how to like read them and how to navigate them and like yeah I know that looked like totally cold but actually like it's all good don't worry um, and it was quite as they did have that sweet little chat and I do I do like that little relationship I do think that's quite nice.
0: And I'm increasingly convinced that actually despite my frustration about like the the angstiness of it I think actually they're playing it quite well because I think it's more about it's not that. Oh, I don't know if I can have a relationship with you. It's just that she's deeply Vulcan, and therefore all of this is made more complicated because they do care and they do like they form relationships that are important to them. But it's just not like a human, a human emotional relationship in the traditional sense. Um, I was thinking about this during the episode this is like my the one the one point where my thoughts kind of drifted off from the episode and it was a bit closer to the end but I know that last week we spoke about a lack of stake like we didn't feel it was high risk enough and I felt a little bit like that this week despite the fact that the pace was good and there was a clear like no we've only got this long oh no we've only got this long and I wonder if it's because we haven't got the earth Navarre perspective like we haven't got footage of them trying to evacuate earth we haven't got like the people who are left at the Federation trying to do something about what's going on. We haven't got that kind of...
1: The urgency. The I urgency wonder if that's
0: why we're not feeling the urgency, because we're not seeing that immediate response from the other end. Andrea? I think that would have been a nice way to
2: sort of tie things up with Tilly, and you could have maybe had had sort of some, some scenes with her, maybe, as part of that. And I I do think you've got a good point there about... We're not really seeing that immediate panic like this is coming. There's nothing visual to show you. It's, even if it was just like you know a few shots of the solar system with it kind of approaching or whatever, just to create that level of menace because you kind of know it's there, but you kind of forget it's there. Don't you? And they have to kind of re- remind you that oh yeah, but but Earth's going to get destroyed really soon. And it's like oh yeah, oh shit. And I, I
0: in this episode, I just didn't feel that. Like I I, I felt like there was. Yeah the urgency just wasn't like i i i don't know and i didn't really feel that last episode but this episode i was aware of it and i wondered if that was the thing yeah because i think tilly and her cadets could well have been drafted into trying to do something although they're too far away maybe i don't know. um but the, the the
1: the tilly aspect yeah do you think her character is really missing from this ensemble in that uh, because she was that slightly uh outsider looking into it to a certain degree in that she can make these sort of observations, whereas the others are all more job-focusing and just concentrating on the way that they do their stuff, whereas Tilly would make comments and maybe lighten the, uh, the atmosphere. And she's, she's missing. This is why I found this, maybe this series is a lot more, this season I should say, a lot more dull in that there was no... There was no human side to it. It was all work, work and work. I think to myself that it should have really been a lot more, a lot more viewer friendly in that, that character Tilly is there for a the viewer's perspective, whereas the others aren't really there as a viewer perspective at all. Andrea?
2: Um, I think I can see what you mean about, about that role that Tilly played in the cast i think in this episode i think if it just bring it down at that one level i suppose they've tried to use jet reno a little bit for that and those scenes like on that kind of almost the b plot with um with Tarka, who you kind of you're just waiting for him to fuck up first contact you can see that like you can see where that's going a mile off um but just those little things and just those like how she's trying to reason with people and it's not it's controlled it's not excessively emotional but there was a lot of very kind of personal conversation in that to kind of humanize that whole situation and and, you know when she's talking about what happened to her wife and how she tried to keep that person alive that was quite that was quite raw and quite and quite sort of sensitive I think and that to me had a little bit of a grounding effect of like actually like this is like there's the whole big thing and then there's the individual thing. Um, so I think they tried to, to put that in there. Um, I think it just comes out in a, a different way. That character presents very differently. But it was great to see her doing something, I think, and being quite integral to the plot. I was really pleased about that. Lindsay?
0: I'm going to be quite controversial and say that like I love Tilly as a character and I love Mary Wiseman, but I don't know what we would have done with Tilly in this episode. I think... I think one of the things that we're struggling with in Discovery is that people's jobs are really poorly defined and therefore it's harder to figure out where everybody sits in the like making sure everybody has a job to do if that makes sense um, and I would have struggled with that. Interestingly I also was consistently questioning whether Jet Reno was telling the truth. Like, I feel like I almost expect her at the end to be like, oh, I told him the story because I needed him to do this thing. Like, it wasn't, didn't actually happen. Like, um, and maybe that's, that's my scepticism. But I think while her character has moments of utter honesty, she's also so prone to, like, doing what needs to be done in the moment. That I just, like, it'll be interesting to see. I, I could well have misread that completely, though. Andrea?
2: I think she is very, um, she's very dry and very sarcastic and very, sort of, has that spiky edge. Um But you've seen that little interaction the other week with, like, Adira and stuff. That there, There's that sort of, there is that warmth and kindness in there. It just presents in a really different way. Um Just sort of like a, that sort of, Constantly a little bit irritated, but actually like would do anything for your auntie. I think, uh, and I think that that kind of rules there. Like, like I'm really annoyed with you, and I'm not like soppy about stuff. But like, come on, like I'll look after you. Um, and I think that's, I think there's a gap for that in the crew. I, I think she plays quite a, because you haven't got someone like Gine who people go and tell their problems to. You you haven't got that sort of person, and it doesn't need to be like Tilly's quite an emotional character. And I don't think you necessarily, you need that emotional person to have someone to speak to who isn't being emotional. Um, so I, I think that's quite good. And I think there's that like, there's that sort of thinking all the time and that there was this thing where, is that thing with licorice a thing? Is that a real thing? Does licorice do something magical? Because I was a bit like the magic
1: licorice. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to say yes, otherwise, 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 otherwise I wouldn't have put it in the episode. <laughs> As easy as they did,
0: yeah, it might contain those compounds. I, I, I honestly don't know. I did not check. I think, I think it's interesting. I think there are there are definitely been some characters who have evolved over the four seasons, and you would expect them to. And I think it's really important that they have. But I think again, that's changed the dynamic of the cast that they had. So like Stamets in season one is like super abrasive, like super abrasive and difficult and awkward, and he occasionally has like a snark. But actually, he's now very much more, certainly in this season, has been playing, you know, the supportive husband and the supportive parent and the the slightly stressed person because they can't fix the problem. But it, it like just all of these, as these characters evolve, you have to rebalance the cast, I think.
1: And um, Yes. What I'm going to say, oh, sorry, uh, Andrea, but the, the rebalancing of the cast, it seems to happen a lot more in this episode, in that I have a feeling, I don't know what's happened, but... Paul uh Paul Stamets himself. He should have been there in some of the scene in engineering, but it's been taken by Adira and they've taken a lot of his lines. Uh the the interaction that he had with Kulba has been taken by Adira. So I don't know if they've gone they've added this extra character of Adira and then had to take it away from other characters to be able to make their character work. Andrew.
2: I feel like we haven't seen a lot of Stamets this series, I feel like it's been really quite sort of light on his kind of involvement in stories um, but I think for, if you're going to bring Rena in, I think him and, I think the, the, there's a sort of, there's a difference but a similarity and you either have them bouncing off each other and um, kind of like I, I can imagine them kind of like sort of snipping at each other as they're doing jobs but actually get on quite well and, and have quite a, a good friendship but I don't know, I I do think there's a, there is that disjoint, I think, and and I don't know, I don't know how to resolve that at the moment.
0: They need to turn him into more of a seven and less of a pseudo engineer when it suits them. Like, I think that's the issue for me. Like, he came on board as a scientist, as a scientist, like, with a specialty in in the spore drive and the science behind that. And then he became an engineer when they needed him to be an engineer. And now they've introduced an actual engineer. And I'm like, we'll turn him into a scientist again. And it it would be fine. I just, I think that that differentiation is gone and they're struggling. And part of it is because they haven't had Jet Reno, like, hasn't been a character all the way through. Like, Tig Notaro's only been in certain episodes. So having an engineer who isn't there every time you need an engineer isn't always helpful either. So I think there's some interesting there. The other thing I was going to say about um, Stamets and Culber is that we've come back to this question of Culber being slightly caught up in that feeling from the planet and I feel like I, I thought at the time when we spoke about this at the end of the last episode that there was going to be there was a potential for some form of an addiction or a, a like you know a, a dependence related plotline about you know a, a chemical compound that will allow you to feel peace I oh think no. is always in the fact that they've called back to it again in this episode.
1: So have you noticed that they've got these uh, hydrocarbons available now for them and they're felt it? Do you think uh, if they decide they can, because Stamets is uh, manufactured to be able to put into the dots, to be able to send out to the, uh, yeah. the, 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 the orb, right? So maybe now if Colbert gets his hands on it, right, he'll be able to use it either on himself or on his patients to be able to well,
0: there, help them two ways that I think that goes I think either we end up with and I'd be surprised if it doesn't become an addiction style thing as opposed to just a treatment because I think if you can make everybody feel peaceful all the time then so much of life's trials just vanishes there has to be a downside Um, or it I, I can't imagine they would have managed to keep this secret if that was something they're talking about but I just think you know if they were if if heaven forbid uh, Wilson Cruz decided he wanted out or they wanted to to reimagine it like actually killing him off again like finding a way to offer him some form of peace like they could call back to no it's alright I'm going to be at peace now like I, I just feel like it, it's a bit of an odd one unless they're going to deliver something on it in the next episode you
1: never know they might, might. or next series you- well, if they if they are going to comp, uh, manufacture all these emotions to be able to communicate with ten cc, right, they will need to uh, be able to do it in massive amounts uh, to be able to uh, various ships or various uh, communications could be used all, all in one go. So they're going to be there's going to be loads there's of it around. A, there's a lot
0: of piece of hydrocarbons floating around somewhere that I would be surprised if someone doesn't stick a pipe and smoke.
1: <laughs> well, the thing is, it just reminds me of a Doctor Who episode called Gridlock, where that you've yes. got like. <laughs> uh emotions that you can put on patches and you just slap the patch on and you, you can feel happy, you can feel sad, you can but feel all sorts of stuff like
0: even in that episode it's dealt with like a like a drug trade. Yeah. Like it's all very back alley. Black I can give people. I can give you this, I can give you that. Yep. Yeah. And then when like the officials come around, everybody shuts their doors. Um so yeah, I think I'd, I'd be surprised if we don't see something about that again in the future.
1: But you never know. You never know. What do you think of the whole translation. Did anybody really understand it? Because I was confused half the way, most of the way through. I understand what they were trying to do. They're trying to communicate with it using uh, these hydrocarbons and the, the emotions. But then I've I've watched the episode twice and some some of it goes over, right out of my head. I understand they are communicating, but some of it is just how do they get to that point? How do they get to that point? Uh, and it just seemed a bit confusing to me. I don't know how you guys felt about the whole translation thing, what they were doing. Andrea?
2: There were some significant leaps made I think. That's about, probably why meaning. Uh Meaning, but I think in terms of moving the plot forward, there really had to be. I mean, like in all honesty, like trying to like translate that, it would take like it would take years, wouldn't it really? Like that's the reality. Um, but yeah, the, the actor kind of
1: Cut a lot of corners.
2: They had to come up with a creative way that them kind of communicate, and they had to tie in what happened on the planet and what they found on the planet. But then they had to turn it into a, a something vaguely recognisable as language. So it was it was reasonably clever. I thought the flashy lights was a bit like, do we need flashy lights? But okay, um, clashes
1: <laughs> That's what I thought immediately. Klaus encounters.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was a bit like it was a bit tropey, but uh, it, at least it was different. As I say, at least it didn't give them like some like piece of crap in a box which then they went oh we don't like it and then like you've offended us you've like wounded our culture and then they find some like the, you know they they go on the, the space marriott and like they go to a concert and have drinks and it's all first contact's all good like at least it was a little bit more it was a little bit more interesting i think than other first contact stories we've typically seen
0: and they also didn't just go from oh, this is how we do it, to, oh, and here's the alphabet, here's how we make up words. Um, I think the fact that there was like multiple layers of of communication, I think, was really interesting. Um, it's also worth pointing out that when they talk about the hydrocarbons, I think they identified six different hydrocarbons. 16. 16? Yeah. Which is interesting, because there are only six universal human emotions, apparently. So I, I, the fact that they have managed to differentiate 16 different things, it seems somewhat somewhat strange um, but yeah it, it, it's interesting and I think yeah I, I, I yeah I think I think it's interesting and I like the way that they did it and the way that it was a case of right okay well here's a basic formula and let's do a thing like there were one or two moments where I was like well you haven't seen that through logically because like they then sent a single formula back in return I was like but I thought you had a series of formulas that allowed you to tell That that was what the the there was an equal sign in there, and they just sent one back. So I was like, how are they going to tell it's an equal? Anyway, never mind. But yeah, in general, I thought it was done quite well. Andrew, I think I felt more
2: comfortable with the 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 sort of mathematical aspect of it, like the sciencey aspect, rather than like the the whole inside out thing, like. you will know, we'll send sadness across <laughs> like i I'm have just imagine <laughs> that little blue thing like popping out um but it, it did it kind of at least you can see that kind of j- journey to, to them getting there and as i say like usually like first contact things they are a little bit it's never been done amazingly well has it historically so um i think the i think the tarka kind of so I don't know what's happened there Because he's gone from like He had like a plan and he had like a mission And he was trying to get to his And now it's like yeah fuck it I'll just blow us up Yeah well, we might get away we might not well, like He uh, won't
0: be blown up though Because he's got his transporter Is that not he, the whole thing Is that he he disconnects it from the DMA Connects it to his transporter He gets to go see his BFF And fuck everybody yeah. else Is how I've
1: interpreted it Where, Where's his transporter because I don't know What's happened? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with it, Andrew's but, uh, position there. But in that, because I thought he was trying to get to the DMA, stop it, and maybe grab the power source. But from what it seems to be happening at the end of this episode, he's now destroying the power source and then escaping. Right. Nah. So, how how is that going to help him get to his friend?
0: So the issue with the DMA was that the DMA is being powered from within the bubble, not from actually within the DMA. It's like the first time he tried to do it, he got in and I was like, oh, there's no power here. It's actually on the other side of the thing. So now that they're in the thing, it's all about disconnecting the power, which will allow him to steal it, to do his transporty thing, which he's got on Book's ship.
1: But he's not. He's also escaping.
0: But, that, but he's escaping by using his transporter thing to go to the alternate universe where his BFF is. Like he was okay. talking to Book about escaping, but I think he was just trying to keep Book on side.
1: Oh, that's okay. I'm i probably missed all that. I don't know. Well, where that that's
0: that was my interpretation of it. Is like he's he's so book is like yeah, but we've got to get out again, and he's like no, we don't because I just need to transport. But then he's like oh well, actually, like he's got to try and make it work. And then when uh, Jet Reno sends him back out, he, she's like no, ask him to show you the math. Like you'll not understand it, but you'll be able to tell that when you ask him to see the math, it doesn't work like that. Um. So my, my my take was that Tarka was just lying through his teeth to get Book to help him do the thing he wants to do, which is what Book, which is what Tarka's been doing since the start.
1: Yeah, he has been. He's been manipulating Book, Paul book, book. Oh, that's that. Uh, like when
0: they did have the fallout, I was like, oh, come on. I can't believe it's taken this long. Like it's like six episodes worth of this nonsense. <laughs> Andrea?
2: See, if you really wanted to do like, absolute like 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 torture drama you would leave michael with the decision whether or not to kind of blow up tarka ship probably with book on it and like prevent all this from happening or like you know there's that like is it gonna go down that road of and i don't think for a second that actually gonna get michael to blow book up but is it, is it gonna kind of is she gonna have that like sort of hobson's choice moment where it's like but she's
0: had it three times already this season, and refused to like like put Book in danger every time. It's like when when Book's talking to Reno, and he's like, "Oh, and how's Michael?" Oh, come on, really? Like, uh...
1: I've, I've, I've a feeling i a feeling that uh, Jet Reno will get off the ship, and they'll just leave Book and Tarker on there to fight it out, duke it right? out, And then it'll be whoever survives. It'll be up to them, Michael, then. To either destroy the ship or save the person that's well, on there.
2: Book's Book's gonna save the day, isn't he? That's like that. I think he's tapped it, on to me.
0: If he saves the day, I think it's got to be through self-sacrifice. Like I think I think he has it's to self-destruct the gone. ship. I, like I don't think they can resurrect. I, I don't think. Yeah, I think they'll really struggle to. Like despite how hard they tried that, to say that he's just a good guy, I will have z- I will have zero time for Book staying on as
1: as Michael's BF. But going on to the the sister show, Picard, we've had Jurati on there as in season one, killing a few people. But now she seems to be all like all forgiven and, and, uh, you know, uh, helping the cause,
0: basically.
1: She only killed one person. She only only
0: killed killed one one person. And I think there was like, it's not quite the same as consistent uh, yeah i don't know i don't know i like I, I, some it
2: might have been done to her mind though hadn't it like it yeah. wasn't like it wasn't a free will situation it wasn't like a conscious choice i don't think yeah she's so think- not
0: under the influence of some kind of awesome aw- awesome awful thing was that not part yeah of
2: i, I think that there was like a yeah it wasn't a it was like a, a, a not of her own free will kind of thing uh, as
0: far as I can remember. And we, we keep discovering that we need to go back and rewatch things. <laughs> <Season one. laughs> but yeah, no, I I think Andrew's right and I think I think they'll really struggle to to the resurrect book if, if they, they try.
1: I well I think it would definitely be a, a problem there if, if going forward for into season. So
0: if he survives I hope he goes off into the distance to go and like restart the Quajong population or something.
1: Or by himself. <laughs>
0: No, there'll be, like, some other random on somewhere. Like, well, and then he'll feel like he needs to breed because, like, you know, there's only two of them. Oh, like, no, it's that Yeah, Yeah. I mean, like, if they do try to repopulate with two people, it's not going to end well, but they could try. Anyway, shall we do some listeners' feedback?
1: Well, I just want to see if there's any last thoughts before we carry on. Any last thoughts, Andrea?
0: Um
2: think we've covered most of the um most of my thoughts i suppose i'm just kind of waiting to see how it concludes because it's kind of i feel like we're like sort of halfway through the conclusion bit and i'm i am hoping it i hope it finishes well i I do i hope it kind of finishes on a high and sets it up for for next season um but that's
1: kind of where i'm at that's cool that's all right um lindsay
0: yeah, I thought the, um, the visuals of the inside of the bubble were really beautifully done. I thought they, those were really interesting and really nice. I thought those were good. Uh, maybe not like the entire budget of the season good, but still. Um, I think the Linkos reference felt a little bit too twenty-first century. Um, I get it, but mm, um, I thought there were some great hero moments for the British crew, particularly at the end. Like I think they they got they got what felt like. Bonafide screen time, it didn't just feel like a, a nod this week, I thought that was really good. Um, and I think it's really interesting, this idea that the only thing that your enemy or the, the other party knows about you to try and communicate about or with is your is the weapon that you've pointed at them. So like when they when the, the formulas and the, the communication that comes through and the fact that it's referencing a weapon, because that's all that they really know about like the, the Federation or, or Starfleet or whatever as, as, as a species of the Alpha Quadrant or whatever, you, whatever the, the comparative is it's like all they know about them is this weapon that Tarka sent them, like that's all they know so they send, they use that to try and communicate I think that's, it's interesting Um, and it was a very much like a whatever it takes moment at the end like, you know going into the end it's going to be like, oh we've got to do whatever it takes yes. you know, part part end of part one, here we go
1: now, okay, my my final thoughts is uh, we we did discuss it in a previous episode where Zora didn't spot anything that's going on when uh, you had Book and Tarka running around on Discovery, uh, but apparently she did. She just complacent, uh, and that's the whole thing with the the panels being open and Jet Reno being missing. But she's getting involved or something, but no movement and stuff like that. And so that, that was something that uh, sort of being clarified in this episode. Go on, Lindsay.
0: I do feel like Stamets being like, oh, yeah, I've been looking for her all day and couldn't find her, despite the fact that we were in, like, a peak of an emergency and I needed her help to do this. Thing. Like, that's not a great move, like, Stamets. Yeah, it, Your colleague yeah. has been missing for, like, 24 hours and you haven't actually done anything about it. Anyway.
1: The, uh, <laughs>
0: not as fine, Stammer. The...
1: <laughs> Stammered and his emotions, just can't get enough of them. Uh, screaming dots again. We had screaming dots, we well, where you know we, we had them when they've been destroyed, uh, and then with this one, when the abyss like water thing came out. Uh, whoa, what have we got here? Local wildlife, Tears yes, local wildlife. Uh, so the screaming dots were back, which was a nice little touch to the previous episode. Uh, and I think that's it. From what, oh, I did also find out who David from Doctor Who Show's crush is, right? Because he did say the secondary bridge character actually had a leadership role. So the only one that we haven't really been mentioning for a while, but had a leadership role in this one was Reese. So I have a feeling if we mention Reese as his crush, that'll be the answer. We'll be can right i just say he's just,
2: he's just the loveliest loveliest person in real life i've obviously i've, I've met him at dst and it, he was just he was absolutely a jobs. so if it is i absolutely 100 percent approve
0: while we're talking about the bridge crew can we talk about the fact that even at the start when we got the, the eye close-ups nielsen's dodgy wig looked like a dodgy wig <laughs>
2: Yeah, the wig was. I think the wig looked bad, and then it got better, and then I think the wigs got worse. I don't know if it's just different lights; it just doesn't respond well to. But
0: I don't understand why they've got such a bad wig going on.
2: It feels worse than my Tribble collection as like an example of
1: wiggery. <laughs> okay, I'm not commenting on the wigs At all No, I've got, Since most of my hair is usually covered up um, So shall we have our lights out of five
0: How many lights you see ah! oh!
1: Four lights I asked how many lights you see We'll get with Lindsay
0: Hello um, I am going to say uh, Provisional Four lights out of five. Depending okay. on what happens next week because it's a part one or part two.
1: <laughs> Andrea?
0: I'm going to
2: give it a three. I liked it better than last week. Um, it's not optimum Star Trek for me at the moment, but I think there were some good points in there, so I, I'm going three.
1: I'm actually going to give it three and a half because I di- it's been one of the better episodes of the season and I've enjoyed it. It kept my attention and it just seem to flow and yeah flow better than uh, some of the other episodes have. so it's going to be three and a half out of five for me uh, so we've gone on to onto listeners feedback Uh, so, our listeners' feedback, and we have David Paul Morgan, and he's saying, uh, "Discovery season four, episode twelve, species ten C, aka Burnham and Saru at Tanagra, Tarka when the walls fell." <laughs> Lovely, super. Building on nicely from last week's episode. I love Engineer Reno. Some real Doctor Pulaski energy here. Nice to see Booker seen the light about Tarka. Shame he's in the brig too species 10 cc well done there david has not disappointed nice homage to the heptapods in Arrival. a culture a culture and language totally non-humanoid and some good logical deduction and analysis by the crew i like that another super pre-titles another super pre-titles sound. i'm enjoying this format too back to tarka i'm reminded of the obsessive nature of dr saran in the star trek generations film with similar destructive consequences it was bugging me where I recognised the Federation translated from of course he is Hiro Kanagawa, oh. Kanagawa Hiro Kanagawa playing Taishi Akamura, Makamura in Man in the High Castle, I do apologise for the, my pronunciations on that uh, I'm sure you can understand that I'm not quite familiar with that but yeah, yes I, I am and I'm kicking myself for not noticing that so yeah, thank you for yeah, uh, it right. I remember him from there as well. Not too, not too touchy-feely this week, and I did like the Doctor psychoanalyzing Zora. I'm amazed, though, that no one noticed Reno was missing. She's not exactly shy and retiring. Uh, this is shaping up to be a great conclusion to a clever story, so I'm awarding four lights out of five for this one. Looks like they might pull it off. Also, another good cliffhanger, and he hasn't seen Picard yet. Come on, David, get your f- Watch. watch it, it's good, yeah. Watch it,
2: okay.
1: So, I've got
2: um Jack McMorrow who um has sent us as he always does um a top essay. So, with his title, I hope we get what we haven't for a few weeks now. That's answers, and I really want to know the species' views on cricket and reggae. Firstly, any episode of Tig Nataro in f- for more than a cameo is instantly better than others. I think while Tig is an incredible comedian, they're also an amazing dramatic actor, too. That was f- That was on full force here and and her use of a bit of licorice to make 32nd century tech work differently is MacGyver worthy. We are so fortunate to have Tig on this show. That does make me wonder if most of the criticisms of season four could be negated if we had more Tig. I love the story. After a few episodes of nothing happening, here we get loads. And quite notably, it wasn't in an info dump, something which Picard's the stargazer is guilty of. Was I the only one who saw the stylised humpback whale in a graphic which Michael was looking at? Mm. Between that and the fact that species 10C ship sent into Discovery Shuttle Bay is jet black and incredibly smooth gave me very whale probe vibes. But being fair, Star Trek 4, the one with the whales, would be my guilty pleasure and I feel no guilt over loving it. Don't feel any guilt, it's amazing. Um, great performances as we are happily used to i can't wait for the season finale next week i have a feeling that like all star trek multi-partners this might improve or this might, or improve part two when they are watched as a whole i want a tend to be a species we've met it seems it won't be but at least it's an interesting manner and maybe we'll get discovery's version to the end of spielberg's close encounters of the third kind did wonder, isn't Tilly supposed to be back by now? I know there's a story reason for the absence, but I really miss Tilly lighting up every scene. Overall, an impressive three and a half tummy, grudge tummy tickles out of five. Thank you, Jack.
0: Um, fabulous. I have got uh, the Funniest Frontier funniest frontier podcast. Um, I enjoyed this episode. I just need book to punch Tarka. Fair, I think.
1: Yes. Uh, so we go on to uh, Tom Turlow. And he says this was more likely for the first time in this series some actual things actually happened. We've spent more than ten episodes fanning around, delaying, dithering, and procrastinating. But now, some actual plot development. Hurrah! So it's a shame this all happens with one episode to go. It seems that Ten C will turn out to be more, some benevolent, godlike alien that are only causing problems through their ignorance and misunderstanding. That's fine enough, I suppose. But for the second series running. Is since we have an overarching plot McGuffin that is essentially benign. What's wrong with having a malevolent evil bastard to go up against? Are there no bad guys in the 32nd century or wherever they are? Uh, once again, my disdain for emotional interaction rises up out of the ether. Even if I was wasn't emotionally dead inside and was happy for everyone to talk about their feelings, isn't there an appropriate time for all for all this? I.e., not now. Uh, I'm looking forward to next week but I still think this series is a bit of a misfire. Taking such a leisurely pace to tell what is a fairly trifling story seems like a mistake. Discovery will really have to raise its game next year. Four lights out of five. Cheers for that, Tom. Sorry I messed that up a bit.
2: Okay, so I've got Steve Davis, not of snooker fame, but of our, um, our spin-off Star Trek Prodigy podcast, of course. Um, so I'm calling Discovery as the test match cricket of Star Trek. Rewards patience and examination of technique and the potential to spend hours doing it with no objective winner. I love test match cricket for the avoidance of doubt. Thank you, Steve.
0: Um, and I've got Sarah, his lovely wife. Um, a bit predictable, but enjoyable nonetheless. The ever-wise... Uh, her husband, it uh, suggests that this season would probably be better paced if binge watched rather than spread out over months. Also, any ep with Reno is a good ep. Reno rocks. I mean, it might make it worse. Steve adds like <laughs> binge watching it. I think quite often Discovery is better binge watched, um, certainly for a second viewing. But yes, we agree, Reno is a top character who we love.
1: We have a Garcy librarian and they've put Where to start with this phenomenal episode of Trek? Kidnapping Reno was the best slash worst move Tarka could have made, depending on which side you're on. Book needed to hear the plain, unvarnished truth about Tarka's plan, and our favourite lesbian space aunt is the person for it. They managed to pack a lot into the penultimate episode, as usual. As usual, but I am very concerned that Book will survive whatever. The C response will be to Tarka's late, latest action. I wouldn't mind a proper baddie for the season, but it seems clear C isn't it. Maybe next time. This might be my favourite episode of the season. So four and a half out of five Black Magic licorice sticks from me. Cheers for that.
2: So last but not least, our Deb, who says, what a wonderful episode. First contact with a completely new species and the bridge crew working together to fathom the giant wordle. So so much going on and so much tension stacked up with the last episode. This is discovery at its best. Although I was worried when the initial communication seemed to be based on pheromones. Anyone else daring one of the delegation to break wind? The idea of communicating via maths is really nerdy. I'd be well fucked. <laughs> I fear the future may be set up for Durham maths teachers. <clears throat> Yes. I thought Buck was supposed to be empath- empath- empathetic though.
1: Empathic. How
2: come- empathic. How come he didn't spot that Tarka a twat? I think most of us did. So excited for the final episode, not only will Discovery hopefully save the day, but maybe Saru will get an exercise his hoofy appendage. <laughs> 4.5 hydrocarbon pheromones for out of 5, or 2 times happy, 2 times excited, and 1.5 satisfied. That adds up to five and a half, Deb, so (laughs) I'm not surprised you said you were fucked when you mentioned maths.
0: (laughs) I'm sure that was intentionally done to make the point. So this is from uh, Dave from the Doctor Who show. They started off doing close encounters and then moved on to Arrival, a really nice episode of Trek with the exploration of a new alien civilization and some decent tension from Tarka the Otter. However, it still seemed very insubstantial for a penultimate episode. This plot could have been done in half the time and I'm worried that the resolution to the planet destroying crisis will all just be a polite misunderstanding. I don't know if I'm alone in this, but I have zero interest in the subplot with the computer and hope the computer goes full house sooner or later to justify all the dull chats. Nice to see my crush getting a leadership role. If this was a middle season ep for lights, but as the penultimate three only. Ooh, and then he's added a question for us if we haven't already discussed. He says, I'm a little baffled why Tarka the Otter is the fanatic and book the voice of reason. Wouldn't it make more sense and be better dramatically if the man who lost his whole planet and the crew's friend was the driven fanatic bent on vengeance and Tarka turned out to be the voice of reason? The way it's presented on screen, it just seems obvious. I think... The struggle there is that Tarka is the scientist and I don't know how they would get Book to make Tarka do the thing and yes. actually the thing that Tarka's trying to do wouldn't make sense for Book to want to do at this point.
1: I also think that Book is a bit more of a randy character and he understands, empathises a lot more even though he doesn't seem to be doing it properly, so I think he he can be persuaded to be uh, uh, become like the voice of reason rather than the fanatic that uh, uh, Dash thinks that he should be.
0: I think it's interesting because they did sort of play the fanatic card at the start of the the like book when he goes off script and he goes off with Tarka. It's like he's like, no, I've had enough. We've got to do a thing. <laughs> And they gave him the opportunity to claw back on that, I think, because they played like the whole, oh, but he's a nice guy, he's just under immense stress, like it's a whole big thing. But he has continued to stick with Tarka the Otter. And therefore, I think that's why we've had conversations tonight about the fact that we really struggle to see a way that Book comes back from this. I felt like
2: when they got aboard Discovery, that that was Book's moment to jump out of that situation. Um, that yeah. was his time to like nick off and like be like, Michael, like, i've like really fucked up here like can we sort this out i want to put this right um or for them to at least have a conversation um and maybe for him to go back but go back kind of undercover like go and see what he's doing make sure like nothing bad happens um and that would you could have built in that redemption but yeah I'm i'm struggling to i mean Yeah, he can kind of put it, come good right at the end, but he has gone a long way
0: down this road now.
1: Yeah, he has gone too far to me.
0: And I think that the way that they've made it not so obvious is that Tarka's motivation isn't revenge or protection. Like, it's not like Tarka is a resident of Earth and is like, no, we need to do absolutely everything we can to stop this being a thing. Like, we're not taking enough action. We need to take more action. His motivation is entirely independent Mm. of that, which is quite weird. It's just it's serving itself, isn't it? It's like I well,
2: want to get here. He's a way for me to do this. Like jobs are yeah,
0: good. and like he hasn't even tried particularly hard to convince anybody else that it's anything except this. Like he's been pretty open with book that what he wants is the power source.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we'll, well, anyway. we'll but, find out next week. Yeah. So we've got one more episode left to come of discovery. Uh, so we'd lo- love your thoughts on what you thought of that episode and the season as a whole. Uh, So please do send your comments in. Um, uh, Also, please check out our Picard episode, which will probably also drop at the same time as this one. Uh, I know Jack uh, had a problem that he didn't realise we dropped two episodes at the same time. So please be aware that there might be two episodes dropping on the same day within an hour or so, as soon as I finish editing one after the other. Uh, um, Other than that... Only one
0: more week, Suki. Only one more
1: week. And then I'm going to leave you in the capable hands of some guests house maybe because i've got weddings and stuff but uh it's
2: lucky how dare you have a life outside of star trek that i know like... yeah, just not funny, day,
1: really, yeah. I, keep ch- I keep telling the wife i don't want to do these things i'll say record podcasts and she goes no we need you there what am i supposed to do i can't argue with it. she cooks all my food you know i need i need to be fed and clothed <laughs> well, well anyway
0: you could become a little more self-sufficient however no. i'm sure I'm too, you love your far... wife and don't want to upset her
1: I'm too far gone i am too far gone. Uh, she will probably kick me out when she hears this. Anyway, um, I'd just like to say thank you for all of you for listening, and we'll uh, see you all next week. So I'll be off of Andrea and Lindsay and myself. It's a goodbye. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.